the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Ready? It's time for Millburgers Gardening, South Texas. Two hours of gardening facts and fun with Dr. Jerry Parsons and Dr. Calvin Finch. To be a part of the show, call 308-8867. That's 308-8867. Or toll free at 866-308-8867. And now, live from Millburgers Landscape and Nursery at 1604 and Bulverde Road, here's your host, Milton Blake. And welcome, welcome, welcome to Millburgers Gardening. Gardening South Texas on 9.30 a.m. The answer, Milton Glick, along with Dr. Calvin Finch. Trace is with us. Doc T, is that what we called you? Yes. Okay. Uh, George Gervin used to call me Sweet Tea. I don't know why. We played golf with him one time at a, uh, a, a tournament, and, uh, yeah, that was that was my nickname. <laughs> I think George gave everybody a nickname. So we'll just call you Doc T. And Dr. Jerry Parsons. So <coughs> please don't do that. Oh, I was identifying myself. Uh-huh. Thank you. All right. So give us a call at 210-308-8867. 210-308-8867. And tell us what's going on in your gardening world. Um, let's see. I'm you mean to... besides drying up? Uh, yes, besides drying up, but I will tell you, uh, we had this conversation a little bit yesterday. I'll look, have to look at the weather again and see if the uh, the uh, prognosticators, the meteorologists, um, agree with the Sinisa or not. But the Sinisa are blooming. In fact, uh, both Calvin and I noticed that uh, blooming Sinisa make for a uh, a more sellable plant. Much more so. We saw a couple different wagons heading out with Sinise. There are some pretty ones. Uh, I forget what the one that has the almost pale leaves is. Well, the one that they had on the main aisle is uh, Lynn's Legacy. Okay. Yeah. yeah, that was spectacular. Now, mine at home is not blooming. Mine at home is not blooming. <clears throat> but on the way here, yeah, uh, the one here at Millburgers, the big one at the end of the road, uh, is uh and I somehow I'm suspicious that Trace or one of his staff was out there with a spray bottle spraying them to get them to start blooming. That doesn't work. You, no. Yeah, you can't you can't cheat Sinisa. They, they know when they want to bloom. Yeah, I stand with the Sinisa. I, I picture that I'm I'm supporting. So Paul. does that I'm mean su- in your yard or my yard we won't get any rain? <laughs> that could be what it means. Well, here at the nursery they'll get. Well, plenty. I don't I don't know if all of them have to bloom. I just but there are a lot blooming and they're awfully pretty. But I but I figure if Paul Cox said that the old timers used to say this that, that that one Paul believed it I think and you know those old timers you don't you don't get to be an old timer by not knowing your stuff. Well, and you don't. Uh, Get to be de- determined uh, an effective horticulturist if you dis <clears throat> you disavowed Paul Cox either. That's right. Go. Yeah. So uh, anyway, uh, so we'll see. But if I bet if I look at the weather, 
the the weather at least yesterday did not agree. So two one zero three zero eight eighty eight sixty seven two one zero three zero eight eighty eight sixty seven. What else is going on in the garden well, we, for you guys? I, I, I probably shouldn't have teased about the uh, dry because if uh, there's a lot of plants that if you can keep them watered, yeah, just uh, plants in containers. You know, we each of us has a favorite. My zinnias just do wonderfully if you just keep them keep them watered. They can take the heat, and uh, and the foliage can re- recover from wilting. The other the other one are the oh, um, what is Jerry's uh, the, the one that's on sale, uh, the four or uh, four for five dollars or four for what 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 is oh, the, the vincas vincas yeah. yeah 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 the vincas too as long as you keep them the vincas are more drought tolerant than the Zinnias, for sure, uh, and the vincas also. Vincas for sure are deer resistant. The mm. the uh, zinnias were st- still questioning whether <laughs> they're they're su- more susceptible to deer damage, whether it's only chewing or or, or walking on them. But uh, uh, vincas vin- vincas don't the walking on them doesn't seem to phase them. No, that, really, wow. So yeah. They're, they almost are entirely deer-proof. Quite, yeah. That's Jerry's declared that many times. Well, no, but they won't eat them. They don't. If they walk on them, it doesn't matter. Man, those vincas are tough. Yeah. Uh, I quit saying that deer won't eat them because well, we did always get, says, "Wait, oh, you forgot snapdragons and how, well, uh, Angelonia." Angelonia. <laughs> what about Angelonia? Well, Angelonia is uh, is almost as drought tolerant as uh, vincas, and uh, the deer. In our testing that we did several years ago, the the deer did not eat them. If anybody has a different history this time, let us know because uh, I I've got them. They're doing very well in the in the heat, the Angelonias, but I don't have them out where the deer are traveling. And the the uh, my westies Is it behind the fence or yeah something? yeah my westies don't eat any of the flowers so. Mm. so I'm gonna put you on a list with Forrest Appleton his plants behind the fence I always used to ask Forrest I said will they eat such and such and mm. Forrest said I don't know they're they're behind my fence yeah so I, I said okay wait till you go on another yeah. trip. I don't think Forrest. Yeah. I'm gonna we'll test those. Yeah. I don't think Forrest went on a trip after that. Uh, I don't think he did. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Mal- well. Milkweed, they don't eat. The Sinisa are on their own this week, so we'll see what happens. What I, no I usually, rain? I usually give them about two weeks. Oh, but yeah. What no rain? There, there's not any in the forest. Are your Sinisa out there where the deer can eat them? No, no. We don't have any deer problems oh. in our neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. That's that's why, yeah. I, I you know you have in some neighborhoods and uh, Jerry always gets. I always hear a big sigh from Jerry when I say this. You know the deer don't eat them in my neighborhood. <sighs> exactly, <laughs> <laughs> because we don't have deer. Uh, so, do you have deer, Trace? I have one. Uh, oh. One deer. Oh Lord. Well, but that's, a, that's kind of a tame one, isn't it? Is she the no. one? That's, is oh. she the one that's making you work tonight? Yes. Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's a deer. Oh, that kind of a deer. Yes. Ah, 
<laughs> All right. 210-308-8867. I'm trying to... Oh, I meant to walk by the peppers. I didn't see what was there. Um, the peppers are st- continuing to kind of hang out. Yeah. I'm not I'm not getting any f- new fruit yet from the, you know, harvested everything. Yeah. Last time we talked a lot about it. And then uh, when we, we were talking about all the fruit that was on the plants, but they were small. Yeah. But since then, I haven't... Uh, there's been a little bloom, but not much fruit setting. Yeah. Some tomatoes. Is that right? Yeah, I've been eating, of course, the, when you only have a, <laughs> a five ruby crush yeah. per day a, a ripening, they don't, <laughs> in my yard, they don't get very far. I <laughs> eat them or the birds get them. You know. Yeah. But uh, pepper, the, the plant can take a lot of heat, but... Uh, even more, even more than the yeah. tomatoes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, I don't know if uh, we just never thought about peppers not setting during the heat because they're they're from South America. Yeah. Well, you know, you're. It looks to me like well, I don't. I guess I don't know. It's just starting to bloom now. The oh yeah. Your your your. Uh, Patines, patines, then mm. the old, the littler patines, they're blooming, setting fruit. Except the birds keep them pretty clean. <laughs> but yeah, they have, they're they're prospering. There's foliage everywhere, and this, and uh, you know, I've, this year I've let it spread rather than keep yeah. it under control. So, yeah, I have to have to get the lajo. Um. I don't know if there's any left. Oh, uh, there may not be. Well, I snoozed. I didn't even snooze. There's I, an, there's another batch down here. Oh, okay. Okay. Pretty Look sure at there's you. some in there. Uh, <laughs> speak, he hides you know, him. He's as bad as yeah. Jerry in his refrigerator. Yeah, there you go. And uh, speaking of uh, great deals and stuff, uh, I saw one man. He must have had in his car. Let's see. How do I do this? Ten rows, five each. Of the four of the uh, six-inch ceramic. The clay pot. The clay pots, yeah. I said, did you buy them all? He goes, no, there's still some there, but that's just a great deal. We had people buying them 600 at a throw. Eek! Wow. It's, oh, the, the, it's a great deal. Not the, not the $45 one. No, no, no. Although those are becoming... Jerry was buying those. I, them, I, I, I saw yeah. uh, uh, them loading one, a couple of the staff... Alberta staff happened to customer load Snapdragons. Oh wow! <laughs> and and uh, your in bloom uh, Sanisa. Yeah. Yeah, I wanted I saw, everything in bloom. Yeah, yeah I think I, I saw. I was going to say that I saw that guy, but like I said, there were two or three people with the Sanisa in their uh, wagon. But yeah, you're probably right. That's okay. Yeah, I was thinking of using my uh, uh, six inch. Uh, the six inch. Oh, I wonder if this would work. Hmm. What? I can't. Uh, we can't see. You can't hear your. Yeah, uh, your, I know. Unfortunately, it's the way my mind works. There's, and it, there's that click clunk, click clunk, yeah, click clunk. <laughs> like exactly like a Jerry. Jerry like probably should do it. Tunk, yeah. tunk, tunk, tunk. No, I wonder if I could get a like a, a two liter or a three liter jug, uh, cut the bottom out, and then try to root uh, like the Sanisa. In the perlite and this the thing, and then and put the jug over the six inch, and then it would be in a pot, 
once it rooted rather than me moving it to another pot. Are there any thoughts on this? I don't understand. What well, what, what are you accomplishing? He's, he's bothering you now. What? Uh, the fly. The fly. Yeah. What um, are you accomplishing? Oh, just that it would be easier. I don't have a lot of the little containers, although I guess I could use plastic cups. Oh. Well, do you need little containers? Maybe. I don't know. Do we sell little itty-bitty containers? The little, like the four-and-a-half-inch? Well, you it's probably clay, but there's not yeah. going to be plastic. Not plastic? Okay. Well, if you uh, live in... Dorothy Wee's neighborhood. Oh, does everybody get plastic? Uh, oh, yeah. Dorothy is, assembles them and he puts pressure. Here, Calvin, Next, here's for your next presentation. Uh, <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. He's, All right. So <laughs> besides my idea, which I may try, um, we've talked about this a little bit, so let's see if I can get it. The, for the, the perfect plant for that little six, six and a half or six inch? Six inch. Six inch uh, clay pot. Uh, at four for a dollar, or how much each? Like five dollars each, or four dollars, or I believe the regular price is three ninety nine. Three ninety nine. Okay, I should I should just look. Uh, but yeah, is this, we is talked this, about herbs. Is this hurting your head like mine? Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's the uh, y'all mentioned herbs. Yeah. Uh, for that, right? And, and trash won't get catnip in for me. No, I know your poor your poor ferals. I know it. Um, oh, he, just yeah. because of one bad experience. The person I saw loading. That's all it takes. <laughs> the person I saw loading a um, three. I guess regularly three ninety nine. Now four for a dollar. Um, no, I'm, but got Vinca with him, and I th- know, and that makes sense. But Vinca could get big. Yeah, but Vinca? it have a super long life, so it's you know with the proper watering, it could probably work. Okay, and the little six inch. Okay. And my wife used uh, sedums. She made little cuttings from her sedums and poked like three or four different varieties in each one. Yeah. And then they rooted. And, mm-hmm. Okay. Would Sinisa do that? Mm-hmm. I don't think it's easily. Probably what? not as easy. Sedum what about all those milkweeds that you've seeded? I seeded milkweed? Oh, yeah. You went. Oh, you did, no, yes. You went to the program, didn't you? No. Oh. I got here too late. The program was already full. Oh, it was a story, a story of his life. Huh? <laughs> yeah. Wasn't there some other class? I think he was headed to the Master Gardener. Yeah. Plant. I was a day late in a milkweed short. Yeah, well, I, I transplanted half of the milkweeds uh, from the, the six-inch pots. And Did the transplant pretty good? Yeah. Suppose they, they, they are all root. Yeah. You know, they just filled up that container. And it was time to get them out of there. <laughs> uh, but the tops, are they're notorious for not growing any tops. So the tops were just small, three inches at the most. And uh, But the, the root system uh, in, in that con- container like that made them relatively easy to transplant because you they had a little, they had a tolerance for the, once they got soaked. Yeah. Uh, well, well, I followed the... Uh, Recommendations on soaking the container, mm-hmm. and then they transplanted them. They do do pretty well. I told you that all those plants that dried out, all, an array of plants that dried down, yeah, per- perked up. Per, uh, I sunk the uh, pot halfway up uh, to the supposedly dead plants, <laughs> our dying plants. Well, and, that, and the roses. Are putting out new growth. Uh-huh. Oh, good. Yeah. Well, that's a typical 
pattern for the zinnias and for the uh, those other heat-tolerant yeah. plants. Yeah. yeah. On your wife's sedum, did she do you use anything to create a terrarium or a greenhouse effect? No. Okay. Just how often did she water them? Oh, I can't answer that. Okay. They're, they're just a little cactus. So. It, it oh, wasn't okay. often. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But I always, uh, it always interests me that you do it backwards of what you'd think. You take the little pointy end, and that's what you stick in the ground. Hmm. Okay. I'll have to check it out. <laughs> yeah, and the reason I'm so like determined <clears throat> to do this is because I was told when I first brought this up that um, before you found another white um, Sinisa. Sinisa, thank you. Um, that um, when I asked, did they think? Did someone here at the table think I could do this? I think their answer was hell no. <laughs> yeah. So 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 far they've proved me right. But this is this is just one um, where I can eventually prove them wrong. So that's why I'm. Yeah, need to prove them wrong. I know. I know. <laughs> prove yourself right. Yeah, oh, I like that. Go. There's a better spirit. <laughs> All right. Well, let's uh, we'll take a quick break. 210-308-8867. 210-308-8867. And come back in a moment on 930 AM, The Answer. Back to Milberger's Gardening, South Texas, on 9.30 a.m. The answer, Milton Glick, along with Dr. Jerry Parsons, uh, Doc T, or Doc Trace, and, uh, of course, Dr. Calvin Finch, ready to talk gardening with you. And remember, we'll probably bring up uh, watering today. Uh, so uh, if you want to water efficiently and effectively, you need to come on over to Milberger's and check out and get yourself a tree hugger sprinkler. The perfect uh, tool to have to water efficiently and effectively either is newly it, planted. Is it true that uh, you're going to have Jerry give a, a class where the emphasis is on him making those noises for the... Trace is working on that. Yeah. <laughs> no, apparently no. Does he, have he let me give a class on <laughs> the uh, uh, milkweed. Did you need sound effects for that class? Cause uh, not, no. <laughs> okay. It's not. He had a spy in there that I didn't. Uh, know we'll have to. We'll have to do that on our own. There you go. All right. But the uh, tree hugger sprinkler uh, is a. Uh, oh, and, yeah. and you can see how well this works in a second. It's a hard plastic sprinkler. Okay, so it's uh, made of tough material, and it looks like a donut, and it has a hinge on it, so you can open it up and close it or hug it around the tree or a shrub or a rose bush. Um, I think I've run out of stuff. Uh, but anyway, and turn it on just a little bit to water right by the root ball. Thank you. Wow. <laughs> uh, you may want to water a little longer than that, but, you know. Okay, thank you. Or turn it on uh, higher to water away from the root ball, more toward the drip line. Oh, that was good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, find the tree hugger sprinkler, a great tool to have to take care of that tree uh, or shrub, and you'll find it right here at Millburgers. I use mine for a variety of things. It's funny how you'll find other uses for it once you start doing it. Yeah, it's uh, besides it being an efficient way to water, I mean, it's uh, an effective way to better make it easier for you to fulfill the, the regulations. Oh, absolutely. Drought regulations. Yeah. 
And I do that, like I said, we used to have the uh, oh, yeah. sprinkler. And, you know, the, the lawn greened up the next day, Tuesday. Monday's our watering day. But now I use the tree hugger when I remember and put it out there, let it sit for 20, 30 minutes, move it, move it, move it, move it each 30 minutes or so. And, yeah, they, they, it looks better. Like, they're stronger. They're, they're healthier. I don't know. Hmm. This well, this, uh, with this kind of weather, if you can keep it a little green tinge to it, that indicates that it's Still alive, it's alive oh, and good. ready for action the minute we do get a sufficient amount of water and yeah. it gets below 100 degrees. <laughs> you wait. You know. did, you, did you mention about putting it in the bathtub? Like you came up with? No, yesterday. no, that was your idea yesterday. You, was you it? T- yeah, you take credit for that. Oh, uh, you you said you put it in the bathtub, and you're are you bathing with it or showering, or do we want to know? Just, well, no, we don't want to further go further. Uh, <laughs> we don't want to know. Okay, there, there, and there will be no plant pictures on plant answers. No, no. Okay, I submitted it, but my webmaster <laughs> won't put them on there. Yeah, the laws have changed now. Yeah. Um, let's see, and you use yours in a bird bath, don't yeah, you? yeah, yeah. And I, I guess work, I haven't used it. <laughs> it's when I first got it, and uh, I haven't used it in there since I put my timer on. Uh-huh. And uh, I want to know. I want you to know, Milton. I went to pick up Jerry today, mm-hmm. and I went to look for his all those cats he's been talking about. Yeah. None of them were there. None of them were there? Uh-oh. It was just an old black dog. Uh, oh, friendly, but he sat at the and uh, looked me over and decided I was not a Harmless, feral huh? cat, so I, I was he wasn't interested worthy in of a visit. Uh, yeah. Okay. Huh. huh. But, uh, yeah. But anyway, since I got that timer, yeah. when I was just oh, using it to fill up my bird bath, uh, uh it, I, I didn't. I wouldn't cut it off, so it would. It was kind of running. You always talking right. about running water, and uh, <laughs> uh, I, w- I wasn't wasn't saving water, or, or I was putting too much water in there, even if I, I turned it on very slow. But if you have the bird, have the timer. Yeah, on there, no, the timer's a good idea. Uh, it, it can cut. You can turn it on, maybe for. I run it very slowly. And there's some timers. Yours uh, sounds like it's very simple, which is good. Yeah. But there's some like that are very sophisticated. So if oh yeah. If you want to, you just set it for seven to eleven, and go out to eat. And at seven o'clock, it'll turn on. And if you're staying out late and partying, you know, at eleven yeah. o'clock, it'll turn off. Turn off. Okay. Jerry's, but, uh, Jerry's in bed by seven. <laughs> <laughs> the sad, the sad thing. Well, yesterday. The dog, the uh, dog or cats or raccoons or skunks, water that I have outside dried up. And so I, I was about a day or two filling it up again. I wanted to clean the bowl. Like Calvin says, you have to clean the bowl for birds. Actually, mm-hmm. I don't do much cleaning. Uh, <laughs> I've, uh, They're still using it, though, aren't they? Oh gosh, yeah. Yeah, I've I've found that a little algae, even a lot of algae, does not stop them from oh no from using the water. They might be using eating that algae. Well, the the butterflies like like the edges of the algae. Because they stand on. And the hummingbirds, 
I, I guess they're after the water on yeah, the, on yeah. the edge, but they uh, they're they're really uh, make use <laughs> of it too. But anyway, I let let the bowl dry up because I don't like going down the back steps. And uh, <laughs> and so uh, I let the bowl dry up, and I looked out yesterday about uh, three or four o'clock. No more cats around. Oh wow! But that red bird, the mother red bird, mm-hmm. female red bird, uh, was out there under the table, picnic table, looking up at the door, like where's the water fool? <laughs> and so, so I I scaled the steps and put some water out there, and then it came right to it. They're thirsty. Yeah, yeah. I, I can imagine. There's no there's no alternate uh, water source, but uh, so I've got I've, I was felt bad about it. She might have been managing her her uh, property too. Just yeah, ch- checking. Have, you know, has a list for all the birds, and they don't <laughs> don't dare use the water unless she, now that the now that she's got the feral cats, cats going, gone, yeah, she's in league with those dogs. Yeah, <laughs> it's, a, it's a complex world, Milton. Yeah, yeah, yes, it is. World. But uh, I don't know what about what's happening to the uh, night animal like my skunk and my possum and my raccoon and. Just so All you the night. Keep yeah. them in your neighborhood. Do yeah. uh, <laughs> you have? You don't have a skunk. We do have skunks. Oh, okay, but we've got um, Bart's Airedale does a pretty good job of. Uh, oh. Has he gotten sprayed? She, she cannot. He cannot resist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know the Westies just ignore the skunks. They, yeah. They just spread out, and, <laughs> and the skunk ignores them, but. I, I see the uh, the Airedale, hes- yeah. you know, hesitates, tries to ignore them for about three steps, and then she can't. <laughs> and of course, yeah. Then there's a big the, spray job. The, the skunks have to have their tail raised uh, to spray. I guess they do. do. They have to. They. I don't know I, because when they get hit by a car, uh, yeah. they they may not have their tail raised, but yeah. they they sure they sure stink. Maybe, <laughs> but they, but they, 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 they try to avoid having to spray, yeah. and so putting the, the, the tail up like that warns most, yeah, uh, enemies too. that, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I just soon not spray you, but if you come any closer, you're gonna get. Blasted. Yeah, right. <laughs> I, I, I've noticed. It, you know, it came. I told you about the skunk coming in the house, but. Uh, they usually feed on my doorstep, and uh, when I go out there by the door or something, they won't spray, but they'll put the put, put the tail up. So I just wondered if you yeah, just to maybe, let, maybe just let you to, know they are capable of it, but they they recognize yeah. you, yeah. Hmm. And you you, you notice the hummingbirds do the same thing, you know. <laughs> they lift their tail. What? They, uh, gesture. I know. I know. they have a, a gesture. Okay. Speaking of skunky people, uh, somebody, I don't know why he did this. I guess it was, it was uh, 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 trying to uh, make his own 
uh, e- ego good for him. Is I, I didn't do it, Milton. Is <laughs> <laughs> a question. A question. This week's pa- paper. Yesterday's paper. Get your fa- the question is get your facts straight on pruning ash trees. Mm. I dare him to say that to Neil Sperry. Oh, that was to Neil. Yeah. Oh wow. It's a question to Neil. Does he know who he's talking to? Uh, he must not. Wow. Get your facts straight on pruning ash trees. You don't flush cut branches. Uh, flush cutting causes more decay because the branches can't heal. There's a branch collar. Educate yourself at the new square. Man. Educate yourself about pruning outside the branch collar before you go telling people. That's almost as bad as telling Neely's wrong. I know it. No, no one would do that. Is that signed Jerry Parsons? <laughs> yeah, I was going <laughs> to <No. sign> say <laughs> And Neil answers, whoa, Whoa. exclamation mark. (laughs) Honestly, I don't know what of my work you're referring to. I've looked and certainly don't find it. Unless uh, unless, uh, something got changed after I left my computer, (laughs) I have warned people to stay aside the branch collar for past 35 to 40 years of my career. You may remember my comparing a branch collar to the delta of a river where it widens and enters a lake or ocean. I explain how much less internal tissue is exposed if we leave a short section of the branch collar in place, but not to the point of leaving a stub in place. Uh, you might want to go back and look again in what I wrote. I think you misread it. Neil was apparently did, Neil did not know how to spell. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, he says, uh, "I think you you misread it." Uh-huh. And I recommend you take a. Uh, I think this is where uh, <laughs> is Neil's being embellished. A, a, a ash tree branch. Yeah. And stick it up your nose. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Neil didn't go that far. Uh, you know, he gets mm-hmm. tough. You, but you get that, that section of the paper that no one else gets. <laughs> <laughs> don't, make me, don't make Neil mad. He'll come Neil, at Neil you. handled that very diplomatically. That was good. I think so, too. Yeah. Before uh, someone the helped branches. him with the last comment about the noses and the branches. <laughs> yeah, Neil's too sweet to write something like that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> anyway, this uh, he, t- he talks about uh, <laughs> yeah. our got uh, questions that our house faces west with no shade. Mm. I planted six boxwoods, but lost them all to the freeze or heat. Yeah, I can. Uh, who who would have ever thought? That all by the boxwoods would be killed by the bad freezes we had. We didn't. That, huh? Boxwoods, most of them survived it. Oh. Mm. I have trouble keeping boxwoods How are they doing the, alive, even when the weather is not severe. Uh, right. How are they doing They're with unpredictable. 
No. Well, my wife waters. <laughs> okay. I need a plant. I need a plant not more than five feet tall. I do water, so drought tolerance is not critical. I do do not want to have to recover them in the winter. Any suggestion? What do you think Neil recommends? Holly. Holly. There you go, brother. <laughs> we, we're going to put you up as a substitute for, for Neil. Neil. Okay. I mean, you know, in case you get sick or uh-huh. go somewhere. <laughs> I would have loved to hear uh, Milton's answer to the collar. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I don't know that. Mm. You you knew the right answer, Milton. I did? On the, on, <laughs> on the ash? Mm-hmm. Uh, you cut it down at the base of the trunk. Yeah, I just... Okay. So, <laughs> yes. What, what were we talking about? <laughs> Neil says, in the size range, in that size range, it's small. Yeah. I've used dwarf, yopon holly, no spines on leaves, and carissa hollies, single spine on leaves. Plus, the plants are not quite as well suited to west reflected sun off the walls. I use Chinese hollies a lot, even though they're prickly. <laughs> I have them along our front entry wall. I no like one Chinese has ever complained. But I, yeah. I think I would have just used dwarf Burford hollies. Yeah, yeah. That's, it. That's an easy one to use. Nice yeah, berries. Uh, the other ones you've recommended for. Um, uh, barriers and uh, blocking line of sight type things. Bigger uh, dwarf preferred is yeah. No, that you've recommended the, the dwarf for smaller. Smaller. Yeah, yeah, but the other ones. Yeah, yeah the big the big ones are. They said nice. when when I saw the top of this plant in distress two year two weeks ago, I gave it additional water daily. But it has continued to go downhill. Uh, talking about a Nellie R. Stevenson mm-hmm. Holly. So the damage was already done. Yeah. Uh, yeah you know. Oh, he said the the drip irrigation didn't get enough water to this plant. Either it didn't receive the bo- didn't reach the bottom of the soil, and a significant portion of the root was lost or was plugged and it didn't deliver enough water. Rodents may have even chewed it dead. You know, we one of the plants that's on sale was uh, not uh, didn't fare as well in the freezes as as the hollies did, but the uh, viburnum. Mm-hmm. Viburnum is quite often a good choice because the, the deer don't eat it. Um, which the, the in my neighborhood at least the Bur, the Burford the the deer do eat the Burford, yeah. uh, but <laughs> the, and it's uh, uh, they pick their take teeth some with those thorns and and take some shade and or stickers huh? I don't know it's called thorns they pick their teeth with uh, the deer do uh, with the thorns on there which with well yeah but. Um, uh, viburnum doesn't have any thorns. No, no. But it's a nice plant. Yeah. Now hmm. uh, <clears throat> it's a, it says it's uh, unfortunately with hollies. By the time you see symptoms, it's dry, of drought damage. It's usually 
<clears throat> a little too late to do the right thing. Now, is that a, a different a- attitude uh, for Neil from what he had two years ago? No. Okay. I just it seems we haven't ha- <laughs> we haven't ever had this bad a drought. Two year, yeah, two years ago we had the record. Uh, well, the freeze. Val- yeah, did we have the? Was it Valentine's? Yeah, I think so. Valentine's Day. Through the, I think that week of Valentine's through the 21st, maybe. It was just, yeah, it was a long time. Yeah. All right, we're going to take a quick break. While we do, you give us a call. 210-308-8867. 210-308-8867. You are listening to Millburgers Gardening South Texas on 930 AM. The answer. Everything in Texas. And welcome back to Millburgers Garden in South Texas. Uh, Milton Glick along with Dr. Calvin Finch, Dr. Jerry Parsons, Doc T, or Doc Trace, Doc H, Doc Hayes. I can't... Do you have a preference? T. Doc T, okay. Uh, is that sweet or unsweet? Unsweet. Unsweet right now, okay. Uh, it's right, yes. Um, all right. Anyway, we're all here ready to talk gardening with you, so tell us what's going on in your gardening world, and uh, let's find out which, what you got going on. Uh, what's Actually, you know what would be kind of fun, too, is reports on what's successful for you. Uh, you know, I'd like to... Uh, I wrote an article, and um, my favorite time to plant potatoes in the spring is always about February 1st, and was it uh, Jerry or and, and Trace who were mentioning... Planting them a little earlier, earlier than that, or, or yeah, I think so. I think yeah, what maybe uh, last week or the week before last? Have you, talk about the hay. What do you, Trace? What do you think in terms of the planting potatoes? Is uh, we, February first or l- earlier? Okay, we or? won't get them in till January, and I believe uh, February, mid February is probably the right answer. Okay, so so we're not. Missing, you don't know, like the the onions. The onions uh, get here like two months before we normally used yeah. to recommend them. <clears throat> yeah, there seems to be more um, versatility with the onions. Well, you, you gamble a little bit on the uh, going to seed, but um, yeah, they seem even in these extreme weather we've had, they they seem to work fairly well. Um, even if I always mentioned, uh, well, oh, the end of December, and uh, so what's your what's your thinking now? What we probably get them in October, huh? Uh, the onions, no, yeah. uh, they generally show up mid-November. Mid-November, oh, that's not so bad then. Um, but uh, yeah, that's a little earlier. Let's see, and uh, what are we talking about? Uh, Potatoes. Oh, and our Jerry talked about the spinach, about the, its sensitivity to the oh, yeah. to heat. I haven't che- che- checked on that, but uh, I doubt if they've seeded spinach yet. Yeah, grower. Wholesalers are, are just kind of have to kind of wait at, yeah. the, at the mercy. Well, the last two years they've surprised us, and they've had them much earlier than we thought. Yeah. How many plants do you think of family? I was thinking uh, four four plants per person if they're heavy 
spinach users. I mean, if you oh yeah, and if they harvest them leaf by leaf. Uh, the neat thing about it, if you wait till a little bit later, I'm talking about maybe late October, but uh, the spinach will uh, grow faster, of course, in the cool temperatures. Now, if you want something to grow fast, that that chard. What do you, uh, Swiss chard. Yeah. And bright lights, too. Well, if you like uh, kale, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure we have Swiss chard and kale out there. Well, I already started. Oh, yeah. Swiss chard and kale? There was Swiss chard yesterday, so I assume it's still there. I oh. imagine there's going to be a lot of kale out there, too. We sell the kale pretty quick, so I'm not sure about that. <laughs> well, that's a, that, that, that's the best one of the best combinations around, I think, is... Swiss chard and kale, mixing a one's one's pretty mild, and the other is a uh, stronger taste. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, <clears throat> so they but they both they both work. They're they're good. You mix them in the that, green. That's what I, I yeah I'm inclined to mix whatever greens I got with kale because uh, you know the the kale you uh, usually have plenty of of kale and it's. Good, you know, especially good for you. Uh, nutri- Who told nutrition, you that? Nutritionist. Oh, it's. Uh, I think these scientists, you know, and these no nutritionists. <laughs> I think yes. the damn nutritionists. <laughs> yes, nutritionists. Kale is uh, one of the top. Of course, all the greens are are good for you, but uh, they somebody's breeding kale. Breeding uh, kale. We got four or five varieties. Oh, kale. Yeah, kale. Usually we have it here. Yeah, we got. But uh, there's probably somebody's fooling with that stuff. There's, I'll bet in Texas there's 20 plus varieties. Oh yeah. Let alone uh, every place else, all over the world. Yeah. Kale. Let's see. It has fewer carbs than broccoli. Has almost the same fiber, and has more protein than broccoli too. Kale does. Kale does. Yeah. What about? Uh, so, uh, you have any others there? Any other comparisons? Yeah, bro- oh. broccoli. How about? Uh, oh, this is spinach versus kale. Yeah, Ooh. spinach. Look at that. I don't know. Jerry's not going to like that. Well, spinach is pretty nutritious. As close as those two, I thought were ah. the two that were in the running. Spinach has more choline. Whatever okay. that is, yeah. it's good for your liver. Has more iron. Has more magnesium. Spinach is winning. Has more folate, more vitamin E, uh, more potassium, more up, up, up. Kale has more vitamin K. Yeah, but still. And more calcium. And a little more fiber. <laughs> and a little more phosphorus. And, but, and but, if you if you add. It's probably. If you, if you add dry leaves to that, uh, it has more fiber. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. Just mix that in with your salad. Mm-hmm. Put it in the blender. Considering he's the vegetable was the, was the vegetable specialist, he sure doesn't like a lot of things. No, he does not. No. <laughs> well, he was he was this he, he was a specialist the, is he was the key. The, yeah. Broccoli, tomatoes. Oh, let's see. Okay. Yeah. So when they called him a specialist, that meant he just specialized I was say in peppers, but no, not peppers. <laughs> uh. Yeah, I, I don't even like. Uh, I did like Rio Grande Go. No, the pepper. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good pepper. It's it's got a little uh, it's got a distinct flavor to it. 
Well, and you've stopped burping. There you go. <laughs> Belching. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> I didn't mean to be crass. All right. 210-308-8867. 210-308-8867. Hey, with your homework assignment on the Monarchs, did you find out if there's a website that'll it's tracking them across the USA? No, I didn't. Uh, next Saturday. <laughs> Maybe Dennis can find us one. Uh, but yeah, I couldn't find well, one. I, I Googled it. I thought Google would tell me well, everything. Well, they're here. I mean, there was a... Uh, Are they? Well, I don't remember if it's the New York New York Times or the San Antonio paper that they had. Uh, what does the New just, York Times know about Texas monarchs now? So, so I'm thinking no, we, it's, it, New York Times does a lot of full United States. I don't know. Not I'm, just San Antonio. I'm personally thinking know. that we do the find my iPhone thing, and if we watch and follow Calvin, we'll know where they're at. Oh. Hmm. They're following Calvin? <laughs> Calvin's following them. <clears throat> yeah. I only saw that one. I haven't seen any since. Okay. But we, we should uh, at least ask ask our listeners if they've yeah. spotted them. Uh, not Queens. We're looking right. for uh, um, monarchs. Yeah. They're bigger, brighter, and they're uh, less of a slaty orange and more of a... Uh, reddish and a, orange and a favorite of the New York Times, apparently. <laughs> favorite of the the uh, well, yeah. Well, New how York Times did, declared that they how far north they were they probably the fa- favorite of uh, a butterfly ab- Yeah, ab- I think so. Yeah. What did uh, when he had his butterfly house? Did he have monarchs uh, at Wildseed? Butterfly. Well, house. well you know they. Uh, it's been a while. Yeah, the, he had a butterfly house. And uh, he w- they would collect or buy crystallites, the little mm-hmm. bags, and uh, put them in there and hang them up. They had a little butterfly uh, cage or whatever. Yeah, they had a little. They hang hang them hang those crystals there, and then people could watch them. Uh, jer- oh, uh, uh, I thought it was grow. bigger than that. Now the zoo used to have one. I wonder if the yeah. zoo. Yeah, no, I think I there's still some activities. I don't think the zoo has it anymore. Oh man! I think a big, big branch off one of the trees fell on that thing, oh. destroyed it. Metal, it, wasn't, it wasn't a big house. Metal allow the butterflies to go free. Was, I thought it was pretty big. Uh, <laughs> but but uh, John always does things big at Wildseed, and he mm-hmm. built a sturdy, uh, beautiful big house for him to get into. And the, I think he hired somebody to. Uh, Keep the butterflies in there. Well, now, he used to do the, the university. He used to do the tagging. Remember? Yeah, yeah. yeah. The universities that are always have trouble keeping. It reminds us of when we had all those youth gardens. Yeah, it's, it's easy to start them, and if the weather's good, you get lots of participation. But come the middle of summer and maintaining them <clears throat> and keeping yeah. the weeds out of them it gets yeah. harder. Uh, the butter, butterflies are the kind of the same thing. The, there was, there's always a, a new starts, or new students, enthusiastic yeah. participation, and then they move on or graduate or something, and they get, the university has to start over. Yeah. I think UTSA had a pretty active 
program too. Yeah, they, they still they are still some, but yeah, they used to have uh, tropical butterflies in there. That's pretty. They're pretty. Oh, where did they have that? The tropicals at John's, well, oh, Wild Seed Farm. Oh, well. But uh, anyway, now they had the butterfly stomp. No grape stomp. Is that right? Yeah, I yeah. forget what was in there. The first one would have been interesting. <laughs> yeah, but but probably uh, they would have been picketed by PETA. Yes. Mm. Um, grapes, they, PETA doesn't care about grapes. No. Yeah. All right. 210 308 8867. 210 308 8867. We talked about, uh, what was it, yesterday or last week or something, about how that. Uh, Big-leafed trees are dropping their foliage, cause, and so Neil takes this on and says, first of all, no, there's no doubting that heat and drought have played a big part, but we can protect our trees if we try. Says it's also possible that leftover freeze damage from way back in February 2021. That cotton root rot, borers, and other issues could have been responsible. But uh, he's dealing what he's been seeing all over Texas. Largely fast-growing trees such as mulberry, that's that seedling that popped up in your yard with the big leaves and they're, uh, they're cut, deeply cut leaves uh, um, large, large variation in leaves. Yeah, yeah, that's true. The young, Very, uh, young leaves could be yeah. diff- a lot different than the old leaves. I remember, I don't even remember what year it was. But like, like, seemed like seven or eight weeks in a row we had people bringing in these leaves that were just drastically different. Oh yeah, but they're still yeah, still mulberry, 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 yeah. mulberry variation. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Anyway, mulberry can't keep up with the water demands in hot Texas summers. Hmm. Let's see, this has been a hot Texas summer, honey. I think you can. I can't remember. We'll have to ask. uh, You're the expert. Dennis, yeah. (laughs) To the folks with largely fast-growing shade trees, fruitless mulberries, cottonwoods, silver maples, and catawpas, where is that? Where is All right. That? Well, let's take that's a That's Willie. That's Willie. That's Willie. We're going to take a quick break and come back in a moment. 210-308-8867. 210-308-8867. More of Millburgers Gardening South Texas coming up right after this news on 930 AM. The answer. Well, I hear you call. I got to go. I got Texas in my soul. We're back with Millburgers Gardening South Texas. Once again, Dr. Jerry Parsons, Dr. Calvin Finch, Milton Glick, and your calls on 930 AM, The Answer. And welcome back to Millburgers Gardening South Texas. And Trace is with us here for Millburgers. And uh, we're just talking gardening, but we'd love to have you be a part of the show. With a question or a comment, you can even tell us what you're doing that's uh, working real well, what's growing well. Um, and what's surviving? Uh, yeah, no. Uh, the Whoppers are kind of hanging in there, too. One one went bye-bye. The other two are, are doing well. Uh, they they kind of perked up after we watered them, I guess. Yeah, uh, that helps. Even uh, begonias. Seem to. Uh, I'm trying to think. Shrimp plant is... Uh, 
is doing well. It's gotten leggy and is falling down over itself. Uh, yeah. Um, the firebush is doing well. The um, fire spike is doing well. Good. No it's blooms blooming. on the fire spike yet. Not blooming yet. Oh, okay. No. Nope. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, so uh, you can call with your reports, too. Yeah, yeah. and anybody that has seen, we're, we're seeing a lot of uh, hummingbirds, but I'm not convinced that they aren't the young from this year still. No. But they, uh, at some point, pretty soon, we should start seeing the ruby throats and yeah. even the rufous hummingbirds. They're going south, right? Uh, going. Well, yeah. They drive you crazy. <laughs> they go with they go wherever you think they're not going. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I don't know they had the hummingbird fest. Yeah, but that's the that that's the other thing. Uh, the even the black chins that we see maybe moving parallel. Or, yeah, or uh, take a a uh, roundabout r- route and and yeah. so so they're not always they they don't have to be the young. Wonder if year. they're wonder if they're searching for food. At, I mean. When they hear the dry spells, dry spot. I've tried to talk to them, but hmm, <laughs> I just, it's just, uh, it's like, yeah, if the, they're, they're pretty, they're, yeah. they're uh, fun to watch and yeah. have, but they, they don't tell you a lot. I've got breaking news here. Mm. Uh-oh. Uh, that I'm sure none of us really knew. Uh... Large-leafed, fast-growing trees such as mulberry can't keep up with water demands in hot Texas summers. People say, like, kind of like pecans. And people say, well, I'll water it when you get a 40-foot tree and trying to make it have enough moisture to produce pecans. Two inches? Yeah. A week? A week, yeah. And, uh, even even Doctor Stein, uh, Larry Stein, Uvalde—I uh, mean Castorville—he uh, he has water, or usually has water, out of the Medina River. But he says even the Medina River is low this year. So uh, uh, he, the the nuts are—he going to have some nuts, or had some nuts. Uh, but they're going to be small. Yeah. Even though he's trying to keep up with the water. You know, one one thing that I, I'm finding strange the uh, red the acorns. Yeah. The production of acorns is really hard, large in my yard. Huh. Pecans is limited. Mm-hmm. But the the squirrels are everywhere and. <laughs> Acorn shells or yeah, yeah, crunching. The dogs don't even like to walk on the patio because oh. between <laughs> the heat and the and the sharp shells yeah. of the acorns. But uh, that really seems to be bountiful harvest of acorns. Yeah, that's weird. I guess it's localized. You know, if a tree's in a successful spot and if it's yeah. got, can penetrate some soil or gets access to. Water no. from lakes yeah. or well, however, it will take advantage of it. Oh, yeah. Now, according to plantanswers.com, have you heard of this place? No. Okay. Uh, Labor Day is a good time to do fall grooming 
and pruning. So Labor Day is tomorrow. So it's still a good time with the weather being the way it is to do some pruning. Does it make a difference? And if so, you know. I don't think I'd prune. Okay. That, that fool is right for that plant answer. <laughs> well, in my neighborhood, we've got the <laughs> Labor Day breakfast. We can't be pruning our uh, trees. Man, there's always something happening in your neighborhood. <laughs> I know. I'm surprised you have time to do any gardening. Uh, <laughs> what is a Labor Day breakfast? Oh, it's uh, tradi- It's one of those things that a neighbor started 30 years ago. Huh. Okay. And sponsored it. Why don't you and have... Now, now they've gotten... Uh, they don't want to. They can't sponsor it anymore. They've, they've gotten about my age, um, and so we've shifted to take taking responsibility for it from to the neighborhood and and to the new education resource center. Okay, but you could do the Labor Day prune out, prune fest, prune fest. <laughs> <laughs> but spell it different. No, it's spelled the same way. Isn't I, it? I guess uh, Trace, Trace. I think it's pretty obvious that. Milton is not leading a lot of activities in his neighborhood. Uh, <laughs> the prune fest. Uh huh. Where you all get together and you prune. Uh, I don't even know how to answer that. Uh, yeah, no, could, no response. You no, could. You could as, even have. You, you could read that. You could read that flyer for prune fest just different ways, and probably not one you want to. <laughs> you could probably have Milton over to climb some of those trees. That's fun sure. to watch. Yeah. I'd be happy to. Uh, you know, I told you I did a TV program on pruning. Okay. And uh, they couldn't find a little chair, a seat, that they horsed people up into the tree big enough for me to fit in. Oh, dear. Yeah. So I just stayed close to the ground. That was smart. It looked like I was up in the tree. Oh, Okay. Anyway, uh, to the folks with the large-leaf, fast-growing shade trees, I mentioned them, fruitless mulberries, hot cottonwoods, silver maple. Uh, none, of those, none of those are our, our prime. Uh, sounds like a Minnesota yeah, list. Yeah. Uh, what, what, what do we have? We've got the sic- sycamores. Yeah. And we've got the bur oaks. Uh, Oh, burrows, they lose their leaves yeah, they're, early. They're, they're lost theirs, and let's see. He <laughs> says, these trees produce quantities of those massive leaves in cool, moist Texas springs. Here's the, here's the new breaking news. Hmm. I guess their little brains never knew that. Hmm. Assume that the weather's always going to be just like the rest of the season, like the rest of the season. Then June arrives with bad news. Turns hot and dry, and those trees decide to have to get rid of some of that responsibility. They start shedding older leaves that came out first in the spring. So who knew they had little brains? No. Milton there. I know uh, it is. <laughs> Trace, was it you that ex- explained about the, uh, the oh, maybe, or, or Mark, maybe it was Mark, for the, when there's rain like there was this year, was, when was it, April, where we had some serious rain, uh, the, the most effective trees are the ones that can take advantage of that yeah. water, 
put a lot of leaves on, but also then the two months or three months they had to to drop some drop of those them. leaves because they couldn't support them. Which, yeah, the little brain told them to drop leaves, yeah. right? The, 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 whether they're little or, or, or affect the brains or not. <laughs> the solution is... I know I've said something like that before. Mark might have a few, but I had no idea they had brains. No. <laughs> I don't think Mark said it wasn't a brain thing, was it? <laughs> and they talk to each other. <clears throat> yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. The uh, solution is soak them deeply. It won't stop all the leaf drop, but it will slow it down so the trees can live and leaf out another spring and go through the process again. If they're lucky enough to have an owner that has a tree hugger mm-hmm. uh, and they can use it uh, around the trees, slowly we're soaking into the ground. To people with established shade trees of high quality, but also mid-sized or large leaves, southern magnolia, Schumacher red oak, uh, they they can't let the trees go too long without water. Uh, Sadly, Neil writes this, I've seen a fair amount of that around Texas. It's a real shame when they let a quality tree be hurt or die because we fail to water at least a couple of times in the summer. Well, you might... That goes back to my trees that the city planted. Yeah. You know, and then another... uh, uh, There's another argument, too. When you've got too many... When you're in a low water use or a low water availability situation like San Antonio, for instance... And you plant more trees than you can support. Yeah, I mean you, you, that's kind of a, a dilemma there. You got to, yeah, and if you don't pick these, the right trees, they supported these trees for over five years, and then this year is the first year they opted not to. Yeah, that's, that's kind of what Saws is saying. This this might be the right now might be the time just to hesitate until the. Weather breaks before you start planting a lot of th- a lot of trees and shrubs. Yeah, so maybe they could plant uh, smaller trees. That's uh, a good idea. Yeah, because all the people are moving in to Texas and moving into San Antonio, buying new houses with no trees. So they got to put something out there. We've got a pomegranate tree question from James at 210-308-8867, Specifically for Trace to answer it? No. no. I don't think he cares who answers it, just as long as he gets a good answer. Hey, James, welcome to Millburgers Gardening, South Texas. How are you doing today? I'm doing okay, other than it's warm. Anybody can answer the question that has the answer, but before I ask my question, if I can, I got invited to a dove hunt yesterday afternoon just outside Natalia, and I was driving through a county road before I got to the ranchette over there, and there's an old pecan orchard. I moved in this area back in the early 80s, and it was old then, so I don't know how old those trees are. They look like native pecans, but there's several of them. None of those pecan trees had nuts on them except I found one, and those were the smallest pecans I've ever seen. So is it that it, they just all dropped, they aborted their nuts because of the drought, would y'all think? I'm guessing. 
Well, there, there's those native pecans are, and they always have that at the pecan shows uh, where they're judging uh, pecans around the state. Uh, they always have a smallest pecan division. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. and I mean they're teeny things. Uh, I can't resist taking pictures of them, but uh, they're about the size of a pea. Uh, I guess, and they're very yeah. teeny and perfectly oh, shaped wow. pecans. Wow. Well, no, these were not that small, but only one tree had pecans, but they were little. But I know yeah. natives have small yeah. pecans, but it really struck me that all the other trees had no pecans that I could see from, from the roadway. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, my, yeah my, my, my pecans, uh, I, they might, I don't think they're natives because the they're in a residential neighborhood, but they're big. They've been there a long time, but uh, they they haven't had any from the beginning. So uh, the, tree, <laughs> oh. the tr- tree made that decision earlier in that process. Um, you know, they didn't, didn't put the tree. I could. They have in the past put the nuts on and then dropped them because yeah. they couldn't support them. But this year it doesn't seem to be that kind of a year. No. Uh. Well, I'm actually looking at my egg, and I watered this morning. It's It's got pecans on it. I've, I've watered it quite a bit. So I'm thinking those natives, just lack of moisture, rainfall. There's an irrigation canal right across the street off BMA, off Medina Lake, but, of course, it's as dry as a bone. So yeah. those trees got no water, so I guess just a function of the grout. But my question, I got a pomegranate tree, relatively young, maybe 10 years old, 8 years old, um, and it was in a container for about half of those years, 4 or 5 years, and I put it in the ground, I think, about 3 or 4 years ago, and it set fruit a uh, year before last, I guess after the snow, it set fruit. This mm-hmm. year, it only had two blossoms on it, but it aborted the fruit. And what I've read online uh, about pomegranates contradictory. Some say they use a they need a lot of water, and others say they're like a desert tree plant. So which is it? Um, well, how much uh, water do I need to give this thing? Even even desert plants uh, uh, need water during severe droughts. Right. And we've never had one this bad historically, uh, but. Uh, I would say during when we had the different pomegranates that we were testing out at Uvalde with Dr. Larry Stein, uh, he would water those uh, probably weekly, and they kept them growing, and uh, they had pomegranates on it, and flowered almost every year beautiful flowers but yeah. uh, I, I think that's a function of uh, of lack of water okay well I'm watering it actually right now with the sprinkler so fertilization I've never fertilized this tree except I used to give it miracle grow when it was in the pot but I haven't fertilized it since it's been in the ground so when it went this fall or next spring next spring next spring with the 1959 yeah and okay. uh, and uh, like I said, that's assuming that we have uh, those torrential rains like we had Tuesday. On a Tuesday, 
Last week? Yeah, I, I got almost two inches. That was good. But uh, not a drop. Well, I had a couple See of drops in that couple of days. But we need some rain, long and short of it. I'm really okay. worried. You know, as bad as this drought is and has been, um, what's really got me worried in the back of my mind, and I even hate to say this, much less think it, it can get a lot worse. I'm just, I just don't know what's going to happen here if we don't get some rainfall or break in the weather pattern before yeah. next summer. Yeah. Well, so, all you have to do is read read that uh, weather, uh, the the effects of the climate change, and that, uh, <laughs> I mean, there's some pretty disastrous predictions there if, if things don't change. Yeah. Well, read, well, what happened with the, the El Nino and La Nina and all that? I thought all that was supposed <laughs> to change, they said, earlier in the year, but rain's never developed, so I, think I don't know. They, they're predicting the uh, El Nino for the um, winter, for the winter, which may mean colder than normal, or rainier than normal. Do you know which? Oh, yeah, well, may- oh, both. Okay, well, that would be good. Well, maybe we'll maybe we'll get lucky and have a mild but very wet winter. I guess that's there the best go. we can. Do. Yeah, that would be yeah. good. All right, all right. Thank you. Thanks, Thank you James. for calling in. Take care. Bye bye. Thanks, James. All right, 210-308-8867. This just in, a Sinisa report from our own backyard. Oh, my goodness. Our Sinisa are blooming. Our little two-and-a-half-foot Sinisa are blooming. Where? Oh, your really? backyard? In my backyard. Huh. Wow, I'll have to check mine. Yeah, maybe. check yours when you get home. Yeah. All right, let's uh, uh, do this real quick and tell you about the uh, good folks at Spider-Man, Termite, and Pest Control. Hey, uh, you know, if you're if you got pests out there, you know it's it's it, it's horrible. If you got the ants in the house, or you have roaches, or uh, gosh, there's the termites. Termites. Um, we were talking about that last week with yeah. uh, with Warren. <laughs> Call them in. Yeah, they'll help you diagnose it. They sure will. Actually, that's a good point too. Uh, they will help you diagnose it. Uh, it's Spider-Man Termite and Pest Control, and they've been helping homeowners and business owners in San Antonio since 1976, and they absolutely will help you diagnose it. Actually, they can just do the thing with a picture, where you take a picture and you send it in, and uh, they'll tell you what you got, and they'll uh, uh, tell you how you know how they can help take care of it. They want to inspect it, though, because they want to see why you've got it, and if that's an issue, remove that, uh, that opening, if you will, for that uh, uh creature uh, that you don't want that pest to come in so spider-man termite and pest control your web of protection since 1976 and you can find reviews about them on google at go spidermanpest.com great reviews uh, people love spider-man 210-656-3721 210-656-3721 or online at go spidermanpest.com that's go spidermanpest.com can you justify killing roaches when it's this odd yeah. They're just trying to get in and get cool. Yeah, I don't. I don't want to. Don't. Anymore. Don't. You know. All the roaches listening need to go right to Jerry's house. <laughs> just go there. He's got water for you. Plenty of food. That's true. He's going to take care of you. Yeah. Uh, Make an appointment. <laughs> yeah, that's right. He'll be. He'll be lined out the door. I feel so happy to let him in. Okay. Cool well, brother. if you're feeling opposite, call Spider Man. <laughs> More in a moment with Millburgers Gardening South Texas on 930 AM, The Answer. And welcome back to Millburgers Gardening South Texas on 930 AM, 
The answer, 210-308-8867, is the number to call with your gardening questions like James did. 210-308-8867, toll-free, 866-308-8867. Normally, you're, you're, by this time in the show, you've complimented Calvin's article a couple times. I don't think you've yeah, talked about it. Yeah, it's a great article, but uh, let me see what else. Oh, yeah, I, I love the pictures of cabbage and broccoli growing uh, that has has wormholes in it. Oh, yeah, you it. talked about that yesterday. That's and right. uh, that's a realistic picture for, I don't know, I don't know if people are having that trouble this year. Uh, but that that picture reminded me of something. Would the yard, we still sell the uh, uh, roll cover, right? Uh, the the uh, I don't have the thin one. I have the thick one. Okay, but you have the thick one, and and you sell it off a roll. Is that right? I mean, a big roll. Yes, but I only have the pre-cut sheets right now. Oh, okay. How long are the sheets? They're like ten by okay. twelve or something. Okay. Like that. I was thinking I shouldn't do that, Mountain. Mm, gets in trouble Bo- every time. It bothers me. But uh, on planting of uh, gold crops when they're, when they're small like this, uh, and even squash, before, before, you know, while it's little, and the squash, keep the squash fine bore out of there, is get a, get a sheet of that that uh, what a new what is it, what is it that what is the name of grow that grow web no so, uh, grow cover or row cover okay anyway it's pre-cut and it's fairly inexpensive but you got small <laughs> you got small broccoli and you got small is, is it pre-cut well, I don't have the thin one. So oh. I have the thick one. Okay, I'm, and, I'm and, talking and, the thick and one. And it does. It is pre-cut, but there's. It's not inexpensive anymore. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, but anyway, when you put out your small plants, and bro- that includes uh, squash, but they they won't, they won't bloom for a while. And then there's that uh, little moth that flies in and lays their eggs, which eventually kill the squash plant by the time it comes into fruiting. But if you got one of those, got some of those sheets, and put over those little plants, uh, that may con- you wouldn't have to you wouldn't have to spray the broccoli and stuff. Because that that uh, little red moth, uh, white moth on the cabbage and broccoli, but uh, it they couldn't get to it. They couldn't get to eat there to lay eggs and uh, uh, to eat the holes in them. I'm surprised he didn't ask you what the name of that that moth was that uh, invaded the cabbage. No, oh, holy holy cabbage moth. Cabbage moth, yeah. <laughs> okay. But uh, and uh, interesting thing about it, when we came out with the grow web, uh, it's a thinner cloth. But uh, 
Malcolm tried it. Malcolm Beck was going to try it. And he said and observed that uh, plants covered with that grow web or that uh, thicker cloth had fruit earlier. Oh. Because if you think about it, it shades the plant when it's hot like this from the beginning to the end. And uh, it, would, it they're not usually producing much fruit now. So uh, you, that thing actually shaded Malcolm's uh, observation was that uh, it shaded the plant, uh, made it grow better, and uh, produced fruit earlier because uh. it was shaded. And then there's the traditional way to control the uh, cabbage loopers. Yeah. Uh, BT, which works really well, too. Yeah. If, if you catch it, at least you've got to catch it the way those, before those pictures or right at those. <laughs> before the holes appear. Photos. What do we got? What do we have? I bet we have like three or four different kinds of BT products in there, do we? Oh, at least. Uh, like three different, three or four different versions of liquids, uh, dipel dust. Yeah. Um, but we also got the old-fashioned seven dust, which will work, and what Spina said, in all kinds of different forms. Well, too. that seven dust, too, is uh, w- works. I used ma- malathion because I didn't think I had access to the seven dust, but for, for the... Uh, Oh, the worms that are run under the sur- that are mm. in the soil. What are yeah, the what? leaf cutters? I mean, uh, uh, they cut the st- cut worms. Cut worms, and, cut, and a lot of gardens cut worms are pretty hard. Yeah. And BT doesn't seem to. It's they they it's on the label, but BT doesn't seem to control them. They're uh, yeah. they're, they're not consu- they're consuming this the stem quite often. Yeah. And which which is either there's not enough BT on the stem, or they get it lower, yeah. too low for BT. So that if you've got that, when we'll we'll have them, we'll get the reports that listeners will say, well, we tried the BT and don't see any cabbage loopers, but still there's a, that damage, and quite often that that will that will be those uh, the other uh, caterpillars. Yeah. And hey, uh, that that seven dust works real well. Let's go to Mike on the line at two one zero three zero eight eighty eight sixty seven. Hey there, Mike. What's going on? Welcome to Millburgers Gardening, South Texas. Yeah. Good afternoon. Uh, I was wondering because this weather is so bad. What is the latest I could get away with planting like cabbage and collards and greens? Um, I would say uh, October. Well, you, February uh, February first is is kind of a <laughs> that's getting ready for the spring. Yeah, that's so you get a, multiple a, crops on almost all those. Yeah, so there's not just one planting you can do. Yeah, from now until February one, you've got. Yeah. But okay, uh, well. Yeah, if you do, if you don't plant your broccoli, if you plant your broccoli now, you gotta get harvested before Thanksgiving. Yeah, well, that, more. You probably get four four waves of broccoli in in that time frame. Yeah, well, everything burned up this year. I, I might as well put a torch on my garden. So, <laughs> yeah, you're not the only one. What are yeah. you drinking? 
Kool-Aid. Kool-Aid? Lemonade? He's not drinking anything. He should be using it on the garden. But uh, I got sweet tea, but it's not helping the garden. Uh, Okay, (laughs) but it's helping the gardener. (laughs) But uh, don't... uh, like I say, I think you got to, let's see, it's September now, right? Uh, you got to the end of September. There's still okay. our, our first of October. In other words, we're waiting for that first cool front. At, oh. at, and all yeah. it takes at night. Yeah, at night, too. But uh, until that happens, uh, the broccoli and all the cabbage and everything... Has been tested to be able to be planted in hot fall conditions. The pros already all have it in. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I'm an amateur, so. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's easier on the plant and easier on you, and it'll definitely be sweeter. The leaves will be sweeter uh, if you wait till later. Okay. But, uh, I don't. Do you know when they quit having broccoli transplants? Uh, sometime in February. Oh, oh wow! Okay. Okay. Yeah. But uh, yeah, uh, they can. The broccoli and the cabbage and stuff like that can tolerate uh, frost. Pretty hard frost. Yeah. I, I think broccoli and cabbage especially. Well, not right now. I'm not worried about the yeah. frost as much as I am the burn. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, I, I know Jerry didn't do this on purpose, but he did not mention Brussels sprouts. Yeah, or kale. Yeah, or kale. Well, the yeah. deal on that is you just hope like hell they freeze and burn <laughs> up. Yeah. Well, I like the Brussels sprouts, but I'll pass on the kale. There you go. You're my <laughs> man. When do we get Brussels sprouts? Yeah. I think I have them already. You have them already? Pretty sure. Okay. And they won't freeze. I'll tell you about that cold winter we had. And yeah, they survived. Mine survived. Everything froze. Except Brussels sprouts. Except Brussels sprouts. Okay. All right. And rutabagas. Well, they're good for you, too. And if you, if you kind of grill them up a little bit with some bacon grease or butter, and they're, they're good. Bacon makes everything better, but I'm not sure about rutabaga. Okay. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you just you get a rutabaga, you do it like a potato, you put some bacon, cheese, and sour cream in there. and you, or you Would can, that work? Or you can throw the... Sounds thro- good to me. You can know. throw it away, throw the Brussels sprouts Mike, away. do you have any opinion? How do you prepare your Brussels sprouts, Mike? These guys are, except Calvin and I and Tracer. I Almost anyway. You know, mix them in with, with onions and mushrooms and stuff and fry them or put them on the grill or, or boil them. They're just not a bad way to make Brussels sprouts. Yeah. <laughs> I I like the old fashioned boiling them up, and yeah. uh, then a little, you know, when they're done, done, you put the hot Brussels sprouts on your plate and put some butter on there. Oof, yeah. duh, yeah. that's good. That's good, and good for you. And if you use that butter right, they'll easily slide off the plate into the. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, uh, no, and, and I, what I have done with Brussels sprouts too is once they're cooked. Then I mix in some uh, some bacon and some uh, pre-cooked onion with it, and then put the butter on there, and that's pretty good. 
Oh, yeah. That sounds good. Have you tried that without the Brussels sprouts? <laughs> yeah. Do what you just said. That doesn't sound healthy. But don't for Brussels sprouts. I don't know. I think Mike's got, got the right idea. Uh, <laughs> well, Sandy puts them on the grill. So make she? a little uh, uh, aluminum foil yeah. baggie, so to speak. And she'll have the Brussels sprouts, mushrooms, onions. And then sticks them on when the steaks are about halfway Okay. Done. Listen to him. And uh, they turn out pretty good. It does sound pretty good. <laughs> yep. The other thing that sounds good about that, too, Mike, I don't know if this has your, been your experience or not, but if you come back to the house after making Brussels sprouts and enjoying them, the house doesn't always, that Brussels sprout smell is not always the best in the world. Oh. But it's good to sit on the porch for a while. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Mike's got a plan. Cabbage is kind of that way, too. Is it? Yeah, then. My, oh, gosh, yeah. my mother always cooked cabbage. She loved cabbage. And uh, you could smell it six blocks away. Oh, is that right? And, yeah. And what I remember about it is because they had to find things to keep me busy. Uh-huh. And, uh, Idle hands and all? We had large uh, windows in the house with scale, uh, scale uh, screens on them. <laughs> And when we would cook our cabbage, that screen would be black with flies. Yep. <laughs> which, which I got, which I got to go out with a fly swatter. All right. And take care of the flies. And, and stay outside and take care oh, of the flies. Okay. But anyway. Well, thank you, Mike. Did we answer your question? Yes, sir. I appreciate it. I'm gonna, I think I'm going to aim for the end of this month, depending on what the weather does. Okay, that'll work. Thanks, Mike. You take care. All right, thank you. All right, that'll free up a line. While we take a break, you give us a call, 210-308-8867, 210-308-8867. We have more of Millburgers Gardening South Texas coming up on 930 AM, The Answer. Welcome back to Millburgers Gardening. South Texas, welcome, welcome. I'm Milton Glick along with Dr. Calvin Finch, who's giving me a weird look right now. All right, 210-308-8867 is our number, 210-308-8867. Great calls. Um, uh, We've got the pomegranate call, the spinach call. That's a good one. I bet a lot of people were thinking about that, too. Because normally, especially if you get in a routine... It always makes so much sense to do it around holidays because then you remember each year, uh-huh. like the, the prune fest that you guys are going to do out at your uh, neighborhood. Uh, but, yeah, so I bet you, Mike, every year about Labor Day, he does the thing, and this year it's just different, hotter and drier. But, yeah, so. Yeah, it is, uh, it's uh, pretty exciting for a, a neighborhood, and uh, hopefully every Every neighborhood has some kind of a special, you know, a lot of them, every, every neighborhood's a little different. Ours, ours is a, kind of an old people neighborhood, but... Uh, you know what you should do in your neighborhood? I'm afraid to ask. No, but. you should do like a... Because you have so many gardeners. We were talking about recipes with Mike. Yeah. You should have a little recipe collection. Yeah, yeah, that would be fun. Yeah, and see uh, kind of what they're doing. We, uh... Yeah, you might. Uh, what, what, what might be fun too is a uh, uh, 
the uh, Dream Hill Estates gardening book or something. Yeah, like there that. you go. And because we've got we've got some pretty pretty neat butterfly gardens there. Okay, so I have a weird question about this while we're waiting for calls at two one zero three zero eight eight eighty eight sixty seven. I do. Do you? Uh, uh, I think Calvin's up for it. So there, uh, you talk a great deal with a great deal of I don't know if affection is the right word, but uh, you know your voice gets passionate. It's it this is very meaningful to you. This is about sex. No, this is about uh, the gardening club with because uh, you have a kind of a gardening club in Dream Hill Estates, right? Yeah, we've got, we've got a neighborhood association, a, a, a nonprofit, and actually two neighborhood associations with two different uh, functions. But uh, yeah, but but most of them have died. Well, the ones that haven't, I was going to ask. Do you think that it makes a difference uh, kind of with the camaraderie of the neighborhood? And the, uh, I mean, it's, it seems like there's a lot of positive going on with gardeners in a neighborhood. Oh, yeah. Getting together and sharing information, sharing tips, uh, sharing plants, maybe. Yeah. Well, you all do all that, right? Or no? Do yeah, have- we do. We do. And uh, for a number of years, Millburgers has been pretty, has been supportive of that. Yeah. Yeah, so that's uh, yeah. And this year, this year we had the we had the mel the milkweed program, right? And, and we, we've had uh, well. So I, I guess my question kind of was, what is what is your advice to someone who says, you know what, we're we've got a a neighborhood association here. You keep talking about on that in the air. We're thinking of kind of getting everybody together and getting all our gardeners together and making it that a part of the neighborhood association. You would say, yes, do that, or, oh, no, for the love of God, don't do that. <laughs> well, I think it depends on the neighborhood, but I, I, oh, okay. there's no, I don't think there's any disadvantage of of trying that, because uh, almost everybody in a in a neighborhood, or even in apartment buildings that are Yeah, amazing, that's a good idea. Uh, is into gardening, and they're, you know, there's sometimes they'll say, quite often they'll say, well, I... I can't garden now because of my employment situation or my housing situation, but someday I'm going to be able to gar- be able to garden, and so everybody has uh, some interest in it. Yeah, I'd be interested to to learn too for apartments. I know some uh, have the uh, like the little raised bed gardens. That well, people- a lot of our listeners have apartments. Yeah. Oh no, but I mean, I wonder if longevity at an apartment complex, how long people stay in that is increased by having a uh, a planting thing where everybody a community garden. Uh-huh. But uh, you know those uh senior housing situations. They have those, yeah. Yeah, they have uh some of our top top gardeners are in those situations. They've had to reduce the amount of land they had or garden no. space they had, but hmm. they still I mean if you they still plant it well and you pick your favorite plants and uh and then manage it intensely, you can do a lot of gardening in a limited space. And containers are always an uh, important addition because they, they let you uh, uh, have less problem with pests and weeds. And uh, Yeah, I think there are, um, maybe we, we've discussed it a little bit, but we could focus on it maybe next week or something. I, I do think that uh, there are a lot of gardeners and apartment people or people who like, 
because uh, her garden sounds similar to mine, where they have uh, just a little bit of sun, a good amount during the day, but just like one spot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was like Jeremy and uh, and they they don't think they can do container gardening for their particular plant, and they probably could. Yeah. Well, uh, Jerry, Jerry and I did an inventory on the presentations we've given in past years. A large, uh, a significant percentage would be sponsored by, like, that senior housing or mm-hmm. uh, even some uh, apartments sometimes. Of course, a lot of uh, nonprofits mm-hmm. that uh, uh, sponsor the presentations, too. So, yeah, there's there's opportunities uh, there for sure. I'm going to, uh, speaking of uh, one of the opportunities, uh, I'm, uh, I'm glad you reminded me. I'm, Certainly. I'm going to be My talking pleasure. about uh, monarch butterflies on what Thursday at the San Antonio Men's Garden Club. Oh, that's the uh, monarch butterflies and zinnias, a combination, a great combination, something like that. Yeah, mel- <laughs> milkweeds and zinnia. And- he didn't get my... Yeah, I got it. Okay, thank you. <laughs> he was ignoring you, Jim. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah if you, you talked about you. both a lot, yeah. so I thought maybe you'd finally combine yeah. the two. Uh, yeah. But no. So what are you speaking on? Well, on the, on the monarchs and... Well, butterflies and... With emphasis on monarchs and uh, milkweed. Because, uh, uh, you know, a lot of the, a lot of those gardeners in the men's garden club have... Uh, uh, were involved. Have been involved trying mm-hmm. to uh, assist the mel- the monarchs make a comeback. Okay, and so that'll be an uh, interesting conversation. And there's a lot of wonderful gardeners there. And of course, the the men's garden club is fifty percent women at least, and fifty yeah. percent men. That's and I think the pre- the president. Well, I was thinking the president was woman, but maybe the last president was a woman. Yeah. When, when, so. when do you find? When do you do your presentation? Uh, Thursday at seven p.m. at oh, the this Thursday Garden Center. Uh-huh. Can anybody come? Sure. Okay. So when when you come back, you'll have to report on the uh, board of directors and uh, the genders of the board of directors. Oh well, that <laughs> we could just go online and find out. A typical. Uh, the typical okay. attendance You're, is always it's okay. It was 50, a, 50. a silly comment. Yeah, well, okay. that, we just blew right past it. Okay, good. Well, you were trying to figure out if there were, the president was still a, a woman or not. Well, or, or if uh, that didn't. I'm going to stop now because I'm going to uh, put myself in, yeah. in trouble. All right, 210 He's drinking some kind of a, <laughs> yeah, what's, a what Pepsi was, with caffeine yeah, what was, in it. What was in that Pepsi that you gave me? Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, 210-308-8867. Still time to get a question in, 210-308-8867. Men's Garden Club, I imagine, is online, so if you wanted to, I'm sure it is. Uh, I'll find the uh, website so you can find out more about Calvin's presentation. Yeah, I want to make a comment about uh, something Trey said earlier. Mm -hmm. About seven dust. No, mensgardenclubofsa.org. Yeah. Okay. About seven da- dust killing loopers? No. Oh. It doesn't. And, in fact, you can try a little deal in your garden. Get you some of this seven dust over here and find the loopers. If you've got holes in there like that, and dust them with a the seven dust. 
Oh. All you'll have is a green looper turned into a white looper. Well, and you you can. What Jerry's uh, getting to too is that um, the BT is uh, one of, the, even though it's an organic control, is one of the most effective yeah. controls for uh, for loopers. Oh yeah. So yeah. it's uh, you, you know it's hard to find anything that's as as well. Now I have better luck with the. Uh, Malathion on those, uh, those uh, so uh, the web uh, relief cutters. I'm uh, not a leaf cutter. One ones that are in the surface. Yeah. Of the root, s- eating the roots and. But anyway. but there's yeah, there's a lot of options. The seven dust might work better on the on those in the in the ground, but I, I haven't had access to it. So. Yeah. Yeah. They. Uh, Cabbage looper used to be the number one pest of cabbage in this area, in the Winter Garden. And uh, and they also used some very, uh, <laughs> very poisonous, or how you want to put it, very uh, de- deadly <laughs> uh, insecticides on cabbage. And... Uh, Several farmers that I know of, that I knew, uh, which pr- finished spraying the cabbage, come in to take a shower and faint or pass out in the shower. And then they had to rush them to the hospital and give them uh, uh, treatment uh, for... Yeah. Because of the chemical they were using? Chemical, on yeah. Oh, wow. And so... People say, well, they shouldn't have been using that. Well, that's it. That's all they had to hmm. fight that looper with. And a, a wormhole in the cabbage, in a cabbage uh, 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 head, is a no-sale no item to uh, H-E-B or anywhere else. Oh, I see. You Discourages people from buying them. Sure. Yeah, yeah. You, if you notice, there's no looper holes in the cabbage and in the grocery stores. But uh, anyway, the farmers were very upset about you having to use that. And when the BT came around, mm-hmm. uh, they quit all that stuff. They don't They don't use anything but BT. The BT? Lots and lots of brands. But wait, they have to ingest the BT, though, so don't they have to make a hole in the plant to get the BT? Well... If you if you get started, yeah, they watch when the uh, white moth flies around, depositing the eggs. And if you get get the BT on, when it, right before the little eggs hatch, uh, and where they start just scraping the bottom of the lead, hmm. uh, it'll kill them. The okay. Small, so the smaller they are, the easier they are to kill. Yeah, they. Of course, I always heard it. I don't know if that's just the way they, but the uh, they get constipated right from the beginning. Oh, right? Calvin, why do you have to bring this <laughs> stuff up? They uh, you don't have to consume much to why doesn't do automatically kill them, but it uh, stops them from eating. Yeah, it stops their consuming. I don't know why he brings. No, I don't know. Up. I've never heard you do that. No way. <laughs> it's not radio material. 
You can't shake anything. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah be, people say, well, they don't die right away. When they die. No, see where you started, Calvin? They're black. Oh. Huh. I mean, the, the worm turns black. Okay. So you see them on the bottom of the leaves and sometimes hmm. where they've died and turned black. But uh, uh, they don't. Qu- they quit eating yeah. immediately after ingestion. Just ruins their appetite. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. When they come, what did you say? They come. They apparently have a little constipation issue. Oh, okay. okay. They need a laxative. <laughs> the uh, I got bad news. You only have about a minute. Okay, we we missed the grape stomping deal. Uh, is it over? Yeah. And uh, I, I failed to contact on John Thomas. But I also want to contact him and ask him, uh, is it not too early to spread wildflower seed over the planting area? The seed must make contact with the soil and receive water in a short time if the soil is dry, which it is now everywhere. Mm-hmm. Most species need full sun. Among water flowers that prosper in the shade are salvia, coccinia, and blue curl. All right, we can try to get them on the line. We're going to say goodbye for today. Thanks, everybody, for listening and calling in and being a part of the show. Thanks to Al for doing a great job getting all your calls on the air. But guess what? We're back next week. Uh, so uh, join us then at, uh, here at 1604 on Bull Road or get your gardening questions ready, and we'll be happy to try to answer them. They're open uh, tomorrow, too. And they are open. Millburgers is open tomorrow, too. So if you've got a question, just come on out here. I'll take care of it. I'm Milton Glick. See you next week on 930 AM, The Answer. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.